0: Okay. Okay. I'm okay. 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 Are you okay? <laughs> okay. I was, I, to be honest, I don't feel very okay, but we'll figure it out. Are you hungover? <laughs>
1: Maybe.
0: <laughs> hey, hello, listeners. Welcome to episode sixty-two of the Picky Bastards podcast. Um, the podcast where three totally unqualified music writers talk about music instead of writing about it for a bit and uh argue quite a bit um if you've not listened to us before every month we discuss four recently released albums one album that's kind of a as a classic but that we don't know that well and then one of us introduces an artist we love um i just realized i haven't said hi to sam i usually do that first um Hi. hi hi Matt and Sam, (laughs) stay here with me. It's not just me who does the podcast; it's also Matt and Sam. You could do it by yourself if you want. I don't know if anyone listens, but I mean, I could answer my own questions. (laughs) All the opinions would be right. It'd be the best episode ever. Um, Actually, I might do that now. Um, You two can go if you want. The Piggy
2: bastard podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'd probably listen to it but I'd be the only one. Um, all right. Okay. So this month our recently released albums are one day by fucked up, um, audio, lust and higher love by SG Lewis, honey by Samia or Samia to you. Um, and John for Shanti we've just been saying that we're pretty sure it's called two, but I'm going to give it its title as it's written, which is colon capital I capital I full stop. Um, So there you go. They're the uh, recently released albums. The classic is Daydream Nation by Sonic Youth. And at the end of the episode, I'll be telling you why I love Daughter. Um, Yeah. Do I need to say anything else before we kick in with some questions? Let's get going. Yeah. Okay. Well, my first question is from Matt. Um, Matt, tell me, which album felt like it was missing an ingredient to you? Um, Well,
2: I think there's an obvious answer to this, but... I'm going to go for the slightly less obvious one and I'm going to okay. go with uh, fucked up with one day. Okay. Um and so for me I think I I was listening to this album and I thought it's it's good but it's a lot of well-trodden ideas there's lots of it's vitality and drive to it but the execution was just kind of okay and it felt like something was missing. Um and I r- read around the album a little bit and um, there is a concept to this album. I don't know if you guys, uh, have checked this out, but it's. I did not know that. It was, uh, written and recorded within 24 hours, um, oh. which one often day. like, yeah, yeah one day, it. yeah. Written yeah. the
0: entirety of
2: it. Exactly. Really and well. so I think artists are giving constraints to themselves is often a good idea, but, um, to try and create something new or exciting, but I think with such a short time period the mm. lack any ability to do anything experimental or like come up with something new to let things linger and develop. And so it really, to me, it just becomes this kind of generic heard it before rock music. And I haven't really listened to fucked up before, but it seems like his, the main selling point based on this album is really the singer's voice. Mm. And I just felt like I wanted to give him a cup of tea and just tell him it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't like the way it sounded. I thought it sounded painful. And um, just a little bit, uh, I don't know, juvenile. Mm -hmm. And like, the were songs throughout I liked and I it felt instinctual, but it just it felt like I've, I've heard it all before. So um, yeah yeah definitely miss, missing a little bit more time and care I think
0: interesting. I did not know, know that about it. Um, okay Sam, do you want to go?
1: Yeah um I, I kind of wish I could just do my usual this album's not for me like <laughs> I appreciate what it's doing but it's clearly not for me but um but then there's that song cicada mm. and I, for me that's like one of the best songs on this whole playlist and it's like it's from a completely different band, Um, mainly because that guy isn't singing like that. (laughs) And it made me actually annoyed at the rest of the album now because I I think there's lots and lots that I really enjoy going on, but he just puts me off it entirely. I I just can't get past that. And the rest of the music, I actually think, is doing... Some interesting things, and it is the sort of like rock music that I can get on board with. I think the drums are really exciting, and the the energy's high at least. These they seem like a, a band that would kind of deliver live, but then I, I just like the title track. I think that could be a great song, but he's just like yelling, and I, I just don't get any of the layers to it. it. It reminded me of the album, the Soul Glow album, a few oh, yeah, pods ago, but at least with that one, the whole thing felt like it was around that. This, mm-hmm. I don't, like you've said, Matt, I, I don't get the connection between him singing like that and what the rest of the music is, because the rest of the music is way more accessible, way more, you could say generic, but I would say way more kind of um, way more straight down the line rock. Like, it isn't really trying to go for this like metal sound, and I I, I found it weird because then that one song really like opened it up, and I'm like, "Where's this come from? Like, how is the rest of this album like this? And then this one song is so good." Um, yeah, I because I wanted to enjoy it then, and then if they can deliver a song like that, what? Well, why can't they just do that for the whole album? Mm. I, I d- <laughs> yeah, it just annoyed me. Um, so. I kind of agree with what you're saying mainly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. I mean, I think knowing that they did it in one day makes a lot more sense to me now. Um, but my first point really is that the, based on this album, this band's got no right calling themselves fucked up. It's some of the least fucked up music I've heard in a long time. Um, it's, pretty bland and uh, to me it felt like dad dad rock masquerading as punk which kind of goes along with yeah. what you guys are saying it's like yeah the music musically it's dad rock um vocally he's attempting to be punk but basically hiding the fact that you can't really sing by screaming all your vocals doesn't qualify as, as a punk um so that pretty pretty much put me off i think if you strip away this terrible shouting on a song like i think i might be weird you're basically in status quo territory Um, and I think (laughs) status quo would be a much more suitable name for this band than the current one. Um, they have a set of riffs that they just keep coming back to on, on, on other songs. And again, knowing that they wrote it, wrote it in a day, um, makes more sense that like, if you listen to broken little boys, that riff that's on that just comes back and it's just stadium rock nonsense, but usually stadium rockers, I'm not really a stadium rock fan, but usually they can sing. Um, and that's usually, you know, a selling point. Um, but th- this album doesn't do anything for me. Uh, I have also said, and I agree with Sam, I don't think I liked it quite as much as him, but the only time that the album is interesting is Cicada. Um, I think it's got a bit more about itself. It sounds a little bit more like a song. Um, yeah. and it's less overblown and interestingly, I read the review of the album that talked about how they've got two singers and they usually yeah. share share the vocals a lot more, but there's some like dramatics going on with them falling out and stuff, which have led to going in a slightly different direction, and, and they've gone in the wrong direction. Um, yeah. <laughs> My final point is, Matt, this yeah. is for you. You're having a really bad run of picking albums, mate. Um, this, you need to up the game. This very true. We <laughs> haven't even got to the next one yet. I know, <laughs> but if, you, if we talk about <laughs> fucked up in your last, I don't know, three or four podcasts, come on. Uh, yeah.
2: together. i'm optimistic for the next one
0: okay i've forgotten what you picked for the next one but um yes oh no i remember and i am optimistic as well okay but we'll see okay is that everything for fucked up yeah yeah okay so sam which album had more going on than you felt it needed
1: yeah so i've, I've gone with the sg lewis album audio lust hmm. and high love um because I I, re- I really enjoyed this album. I, I picked it because I was quite a big fan of the first one. Um, and all of the kind of songs in the lead up to the album coming out, I, I, they had like heavy rotation for me. Um, so mm. I, I was, I, and this was a highly anticipated one for me. But I, I think it just suffers from not knowing when to stop. And I think um, there's no reason for this album to be well over an hour long. There's absolutely no reason. And this, the second half of it just sort of goes off on one. Um, and <laughs> the, it, it's just frustrating because I think the opening run of songs really nail what he's trying to go with. Um, I think Infatuation, Oh Laura, Holding On. I think they really improve him as the kind of central performer, which was my one of my issues with his previous stuff is that he felt like a producer artist. Um, not an artist artist and I think his vocals on these songs are much better than they have been before and I think he's really improved as a performer, I think Missing You is is the high point early on for that um, and I think that really goes off that song um, I, I do think the guests bring more, I think when you when you have Tuvalu pop up for uh, Call on Me, I think it really shows it does show him up a bit um, and she just completely owns that song. I, th- I think that that was on her album as well, and it's um, one of the best like pop records of the last twelve months, I think. Um, but then I think "Fever Dreamer" is is the best track on this album. Um, and the last album had another song with Channel Channel Trees, Channel Trees, Channel Tree. <laughs> Let's go with that. Um, and I it was another, another song, another song with him where um, it was like it had Robin on it at that time. Um, and both of those songs, I just completely get what the vibe of this whole album is going for. I think, um, and yeah, I think th- I think that's a real highlight. I, I just it in the second half, like songs like "Plain Sailing" and "Epiphany" and different, like I, they just sort of go off on one and don't really know what they're doing. And I just think by that point, you are like forty minutes in, it just needs to wrap it up because there is there is decent music around that as well. I think. Something About Your Love um, is a real highlight. That was a kind of pre-album song um, and show kind of how good he crafts like a pop record. Um, but it feels a bit like no one really said no um, and it, it all got a bit out of hand. Um, so if it had been like 40 minutes, I think this would have been definitely my favorite thing on the playlist. And I w- it would have been, felt like a real kind of um step up from the first album um but yeah I, I don't i have no idea what you, you're you gonna think of it. <laughs> i genuinely don't think, I'm, I'm not holding out hope
0: well on that note i suppose i'll jump in and and, and okay. say that my, my first bullet point is that i hated it i hated it <laughs> uh, <laughs> um i think and i i'm gonna i'm gonna call out this is this is a me thing it's not i don't, I don't necessarily know if this is good or bad but when, when I used to be really snobby about pop and dance music, which I think I've got less so since we started doing the podcast yeah. and the website, I give things more of a chance. But this is the kind of music that I used to think all pop and, and dance music was. And, and it's just, it felt very throwaway to me. A lot of the choruses are platitudes or cliches. Um, and it, it, reminded, it all made me think of like a big long advert for now that's what I call music um, and with some twat in a Hawaiian shirt dancing around. Um, it's just all really bright and shiny and overblown, um, and smiley, smiley. Um, and that Tove Lo song that you you just called one of the best pop records, is probably my least favorite song, um, on this, on this playlist. Um, yeah. And I don't have a lot more to say than that. I just totally disengaged from it. I couldn't very rarely listen to the whole thing. Um, it, it was, it was not really. For me, um, and if I carried on talking, I'd just be finding more ways to say that I found it boring. So I won't. We'll go to Matt.
2: <laughs> okay. I think I'm somewhere in between. Um, I th- I liked a lot of aspects of this. A lot of the songs, like uh, "Call on Me," I I generally uh, really liked. But I also listened to her album separately um, and preferred that album a lot. Yeah, yeah, to, definitely to this one. Um, but I, I did feel. Overall, even though like I liked a lot of it, it felt a little unimaginative. There's a lot of f- kind of flashes of uh, music from the past, like five to ten years, and it feels like he hasn't taken it anywhere mm. beyond that. Um, so I don't, like I don't think it's a bad album. It's just spent a lot of the time not being one I was eager to listen to. So I think none of the songs have that much charm, and there's no there's not that many like killer hooks anywhere. Um. And the, like, I think Sam's talked about the, the album structure. It is mad that this is so long and just, yeah. it's almost like there is a break. that the last 30 minutes could be cut. But I think also beyond that, it's, it feels like there's so many disparate ideas, but at the same time, it still manages to sound repetitive at times. That even if you cut off that last 30 minutes, I still not sure you'd be left with like a cohesive album. Yeah. Um, like if you like call on me for example it fits really well within that album but it doesn't make sense necessarily within this one and there were several songs where i was just like oh this is a a shift a shift and then another shift and i'm just like oh, okay <laughs> but yeah i i i it i didn't hate it and i don't think it was bad i think
0: it was pretty good i just wanted a little bit more is it yeah. weird that the song was on two albums? Is that normal? Does that happen?
1: No, it's pretty if for for like this if if you think of him as a producer mm. as well because it it's like credited to both of them. So that's if if a song's credited to like two artists, mm. that's pretty standard because there's like another SG Lewis Tuvalu song on that album. Mm. that okay. I think is probably better than most of the songs on here as well. Um so yeah. I'm a bit confused why you didn't put that on here. Um, but yeah, it, I I get it that like these sort of artists where it ends up feeling like, like now that's what I call S. G. Lewis. Like yeah. he's had better music with other people as well. Like you're not gonna say like "Hallucinate" by Dua Lipa is anywhere close. It is any is in the same bracket as a lot of this? Mm. It's way above it. Like you, um, like the song he did with Jesse Ware, like it mm. a step above. Um, but this is clearly his own music that he's putting out so yeah it, it's I can't I, I, I think I agree with Matt a lot on what you're saying um it's just a bit all over the place um, yeah it's mm. still still wasn't it wasn't I it was still
2: good to listen to I think though like, over over the month I mm. I'll disagree with that I, but <laughs> I do disagree but it's
0: okay that's fine um okay should we move on Matt do you want to talk about the classic
2: Sure, let's talk about the classic. I, I really enjoy listening to this. Um, given like its timing when it came out in 1988, I can like see that it kind of has this key role in paving the way for a lot of the modern bands I liked as a teenager and even now. Um, like the kind of intricate conversation between some of the guitars that you can hear, it's very much like the noughties New York indie scene um and then the kind of fuzzy the fuzzy fuzziness of the guitars and this kind of frenetic drums reminds me of like more hardcore punk that I'm listening to a lot uh, these days and i feel like what i generally over the whole album really appreciated is there was this energy and this urgency to everything but that didn't result in a cost to allowing songs to breathe it had it retained that kind of core energy but it, it allowed everything to have space and to to if you want going to have a 7 minute song you have a 7 minute song and it it makes sense um and those those moments of having 7 minutes it, you didn't lose momentum the things ebbed and flowed but momentum was there throughout the whole thing i think it was pretty like relentlessly good um, mm. throughout even though there was some there's some obvious high points um and then i also found it interesting that they that, to have two vocalists that were so different and they mm-hmm. didn't use them really in the same songs um but it added dimension throughout the album so it very much felt like a album as a whole as opposed to a collection of songs which um uh, yeah i think the only the only thing i was a little down on was the sound overall and i don't know if. Um, I think it might be just the time at times it, it just felt a little murky sometimes and it would have been nice to have a bit more clarity in Christmas to the the mm. riffs to like really like slap me in the face but uh I can slap you yeah, in the face I, if you
0: want
2: I, yeah come on over and give me a slap <laughs> in the face while I listen to this yeah um but I think it's, it's one that I've I walked away after listening quite a bunch of, and I'm like I want to get the record for this so I can listen uh-huh. to it at, at its best I think cool. I think that'll add put it on my nice hi-fi and then really give it a good listen
0: that's that's quite yeah. a big deal for a classic on the podcast really have you bought yeah. have you bought many of the classics before
2: no no no, no it's mm. it's definitely definitely in the top top few classics we covered mm. for me
0: okay I'm going to jump in because I'm similar on similar lines to Matt really um yeah for this it was kind of a for me a bit of a case of how have I not any spent any time with Daydream Nation before by the time I, I finished listening to it. um because I I wouldn't say it's necessarily exactly what I listen to on a regular basis today, and I probably won't buy the record for those reasons, but um, it is the exact kind of music I was obsessed with in my late teens and early twenties. And I do still get a lot. I got a lot out of listening to it. I think it starts incredibly well. I think the first three songs are brilliant. Um, I really like the sort of rough and ready sounding guitars on Silver Rocket. um, And I love the sprawl. I love the way it just builds and builds. I think it's a great song. Um, and I like, one thing I really liked about them um, is that they they aren't one note. Um, they don't take themselves too seriously. There's some funny songs. Um, I've had another go at Matt here. We're saying, you know, over the, over the last few months, Matt's been picking a lot of bands that really lack personality. And we've been saying that a lot. But this album is just like full of personality. Those bands should listen to this album and learn. How to have a personality. Um, <laughs> and what, one of the songs I'm talking about that really fits in that is Total Trash. I think it's just bags of fun. Um, and I love how it's quite a funny song. It's a bit silly, Total Trash. And then in the end, it just turns into this crazy, massive guitars. Um, and it, it's brilliant, brilliant ending. Um, I really like Kissability. I love the way it sort of switches between loud instrumentals and the more stripped back sound on the chorus. And the vocals are great. Um, and it ends really well as well. I think... Um, that trio of songs that's kind of linked at the end is a really good yeah. conclusion and shows off. I think they're like the hardest hitting stuff on the album. Um, it's definitely not an album that peters out. Um, I know Matt doesn't like fade out, so that's, that's a good <laughs> thing. Um, and yeah, the end, I'm really glad I picked it. Um, I'd kind of written Sonic Youth off a little bit because they're one of those bands that lots of teenagers buy, buy t-shirts of because they've got a cool name and they've got good artwork. Um, and, and I kind of thought, you know, they're probably not that great, like some of the others, like Ramones and stuff that I'm not really into. But I was wrong about this one. Um, I really liked it. It's Like Matt said, it's clearly really influential. And it still feels pretty vital today. I think it still feels pretty fresh. Um, and yeah, like like Matt said, I, it's up there with the best classics we've done for me. Um, okay. But yeah, I wonder what Sam will think.
1: Yeah. Um, I, the first thing is, I, I can't believe that this album was released when it was. Like there's, yeah. there's, it, this sounds more current than some of the new release. I mean, it sounds more current than that fucked up album. Like yeah, sure. it does, and, yeah, yeah. and not just like the relevant, like lyric lyrically and kind of thematically. And it's, it's the sound, like I, I'm just this, the impact that this must've had at the time um, would, must've been huge. Like in terms of the immediacy, like that, that first song is so immediate. Um, and they have so much confidence and so much confidence in a sound that I bet was sounded like insane at the time. Like yeah. this was not what music sounds like in 1988. Like it's yeah. just not. Um, so I think that is like the best takeaway from, from this album. I, th- I think I enjoyed quite a lot of it. I think some of it does miss the mark for me. It's not really my thing. I think mm. a song like Hey Joni, that's just a bit of a racket. Um, (laughs) I think um, like rain King, that didn't, it's not really a payoff because I think elsewhere, I think the ambition is like really staggering. I think like stuff like cross the breeze and the sprawl, especially, I think that was my favorite, Mm, favorite song. It just goes in really interesting directions. And like you said, it it's, it's a very long album. I think at the time, this is, this is classed as a double album. Um, because it would have literally been on two records, yeah. but I feel like a lot of the time it's worth it. And I think Matt, you mentioned that of like a song could be seven minutes, but it feels like it goes somewhere at least. Um, yeah. Whereas it's not doing it just for the hell of it. It, it everything has like a purpose, yeah. which is great. Like that's what we want from the classics. Like I feel like this is the whole point of us doing this mm. part of it. Um, and yeah, I, I think. Um, yeah, I, I well, would I listen to this again? Probably not. But it's not really my thing. But I, I appreciated it, and I feel like it, it's one of the albums that I think makes this section worthwhile. I think yeah. to 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 go back and actually listen to something like this. Um. So
0: yeah. yeah. Didn't like. I expected you to say that the whole thing was a bit of a racket, so I'm yeah, I mean,
1: remember what else is on this playlist. Like,
0: what? Well, <laughs> 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 oh, it's nice, that it's good that I think that is, you know, I think you're right. Uh, a lot of the time we do the classic session section, and you kind of like, all right, we could have given that a miss. but I think this is an album that we every, everybody should have heard, hmm. so I'm really glad we covered it. Okay, cool. I'm gonna um get John Fashanti out of the way, I think. Um, I mean, I think I find it slightly hard to justify giving it the space to talk about, if I'm being honest. Um, and I think it's nearly two hours long. And if either of you tell me you listen to it the whole way through more than once, then I think you're lying. Um, uh, I've already told Sam this when I saw him, which I know kind of breaks our role about not, our rule about not talking about the albums, but I didn't say too much. The first time I listened to this, um, Kirsten, my partner came in from picking up our daughter from nursery and said, what's that noise? Is there something wrong with the boiler? Um, so I think that kind of sums a lot up about this album. Um, but what I will say is it's not sonically when I knew what we were listening to, I've heard a lot of Frusciante's music before. And sometimes it's folky, sometimes it's electronic, it's experimental. I've heard some awful noises from him and it's not always sonically horrible. Like Golpin, um, has some interesting moments that might've made a really good three minute, song but then it stretches on for 12 minutes um, and it kind of reminds me of like that Tom York um, Suspiria soundtrack that we covered ages ago which has loads of weird stuff but like they're little snippets from the soundtrack and this felt like those snippets but made into you know enough time to boil six eggs Um for no reason, um, and I think there will be people out there who claim this is really fascinating and really experimental, and maybe they're right. It's not my kind of music, but I think I have better things to do than sit and listen to songs that sound like the hum of a fridge for the whole day. So, yeah, that's John Franchi for me. Who wants to go?
1: I I need to go. I need to just yeah <laughs> get, uh, get this out. <laughs> um, because I, again, I, I, how do we even talk about this? As an album, it it isn't an album. It isn't music. Like this, this isn't. (laughs) It isn't music. It is. It's sound. Yeah. And, And you said you said similar before about Matt's picks. But I do feel like we need to have an intervention against Matt because (laughs) neither of us would have picked something like this, and you have inflicted (laughs) this on us. And I'm I made it through this album twice. All the way. I didn't even go through the Soul Glow album twice, and but i can't compare this to anything else it's you why are we talking about this on a music podcast um that the, the tracks frante and galvation feel like the peak of whatever he's trying to do which is it, it's exactly the sound that i heard when i had like earwax removal um <laughs> And I don't, I, I don't mean that as like a funny joke. I mean literally, I couldn't believe that it sounded so similar to that. So if that's what he's trying to do, he's achieved it. Oh my God. The the first half of the album, album, the first half of whatever this is, um, it at least has like droning noises, like sounds, and there's so there's like a tune, there's like notes, but the second half is like. He's just taking the piss. Like I feel like I was putting my ears in danger. Like listening to like in the headphones, I was worried that my headphones were gonna like da- like it'll be like blasting damage. Like you mentioned a fridge, <laughs> it just sounds like that. That's it, it. Sounded like being at home and then just hearing random noises when nothing's playing. <laughs> so then two out two hours of this nonsense. I I think this might have actually broken me. I think this is the album that makes me go, I can't do this anymore. I need to hand my picky bastards notes. <laughs> genuinely, if this is how the future looks, I can't do it. So Matt, you need to take some responsibility for this. You really do.
0: Well,
2: first, firstly, I would like to say sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is it his worst pick
2: yet? I it's definitely my worst pick. Is because- it? And I think... I think Fran made some like good points. There is stuff in here. It's just the length is the issue, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Like, it is almost two hours. And I think I can... Like, ultimately... I, I guess... So no one else has to listen to it if they haven't done. Basically, every song is a constant drone that fluctuates up and down. And then there's also other noises that also fluctuate in and sprinkle. But you may be two minutes in between each of those flourishes. <laughs> and Sometimes it's a boiler. Just, yeah. Um, and there's no beat, there's no constraint of like, re- like any kind of traditional song that you would think of. And really no constraint of any non-traditional song either. It's just noise, right? And so for me, it felt like the thing that belongs in like an art museum next to some mm. modern art and yeah, yeah. It would work well there, making you feel uncomfortable or weird. And that's, I think, when you just listen to it. I've listened to it quite a few times now while I work and stuff. And it does have some weird and unsettling moments that are interesting, but it also fluctuates between that and just being very dull. And I don't think if, like, the whole point of this podcast, right, is you actively listen to music. Um and it doesn't doesn't do like it doesn't reward you for that. Like a lot of the albums we listen to, even if they're, we don't like them, they give you a reward for actively listening. And this isn't about that. This is about trying to hit your core in some way and um, and create an emotional like instantly. Um, so I just yeah, it doesn't it didn't it didn't work. It's very, it's very different to his other stuff. So I was a little surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. Maybe I don't get it, but maybe there's just nothing to
1: get. It's just, yeah. It's just not an album. I think you hit the nail in the head with that. Like, if this was in the Tate, like if you were in Tate Modern and there's mm-hmm. like a room and then a light that keeps going off and on, and then this is playing, I kind of get it. I kind of get what the the function of this would be that's not how this is consumed Like it's an album that's on spotify like what are you who would actively listen to this out of choice like i don't get the point of that um yeah it just if it's saying something what the hell is it saying you need that little like thing on the wall to explain to you what what the (laughs) hell's going on and then it just sounds like nonsense um yeah i think We've covered a few albums like this in the sense that
2: I think it's more of an exercise in his own creativity and like getting he does so much pop rock, right? That this is his chance to really just do whatever and like get
0: it like palate cleanser almost. Yeah, and... I think you have to be in a really successful band that makes a lot of money to be able to justify the time it takes this. to do this yeah. album because like a, a new musician doesn't have time to, to do this and doesn't and can't expect sales i mean the, the main the the best thing about the album though was thinking about red hot chili peppers fans <laughs> it on because <laughs> <listen. laughs> that, that was the only thing that kept me happy while listening to it um yeah yeah sorry about you did you have more to say
2: No, no, I'm I'm just, I'm just, again, I'll end with, I'm
0: sorry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's going to get, it's going to get better.
0: Obviously you've already picked for next time. um, So we'll let you off whatever happens next time. But it's the, it's the episode after that, that, that you've got, you know, you really got your game. Otherwise we'll be judging you quite harshly. Why am
2: I host? I might be hosting. Oh, you're
0: hosting. Yeah. All right. So, all right. The one after that then. Yeah. You've got till episode 65 to sort your shit out is what I'm saying. (laughs) Deal,
2: (laughs) yeah. Um, I was gonna pick something that's obviously gonna be good,
0: yeah. Okay, um, right. Okay, we've got Samir left with Honey Sam. Do you want to kick us off?
1: Yeah, yeah. Thank god, thank god this album was on this playlist. (laughs) But I will say that, like, this is definitely the favorite my favorite thing this month. Um, I think there's lots and lots of albums that sound kind of like this. I think bedroom pop is kind of become this like Bear Moth genre in modern pop music um, and I feel like we're probably a few more years before it kind of goes away but this is one of the better albums I think I've heard that of that kind of ilk I think it's it's really interesting it keeps you guessing at every track I think you you get to a place where you feel like you know where she's kind of occupying and then you get like mad at me or sea lions and then the these songs are kind of a bit bit of a jolt to to you as you're listening to it. Um I think the title track is is similar. It, it it kind of just goes in slightly different directions but but retains it with um with her performance. Um I think by the time you hit Amelia I think all of my expectations had 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 gone and um I was just really enjoying like how interesting every single song was and how um how engaging it was um because I think albums like this can kind of get a bit um not dull but a bit kind of samey and I, I don't mm-hmm. think this is a samey album at all um I, th- I think there's like such disparate sounds and then vocally um I really love the way she uses her voice on, on certain songs on, tra- on like charm you. And, um, to me, it was that are a bit more of a kind of acoustic version, but then, um, she's not afraid to kind of use her voice in different ways. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's just a really honest and like plainly delivered album with like interesting lyrics that I, th- I feel like they have a natural payoff in the final two songs, which on an album like this, feels worthwhile so it, of all of the albums on this l- thing um like ignoring the classic um i think it's the only one that feels like an actual complete album like from start to finish where i could go yeah i like that honey album like I, the, everything else just has too many issues with being a complete listen um, mm-hmm. And it's obvious that this is by far the shortest thing on the playlist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it.
0: Cool. Matt?
2: Um, I, to me, this... I don't know. I fluctu- like, I went backwards and forwards with this album a lot. Whether I like really liked it or was just like, this is a Phoebe Bridges cover band. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it felt very much like... I, I feel like Fran's going to like it a lot. But I don't know. I don't know. It has. The, I like. I like a lot of the bedroom pop stuff, Um, and it is that at its core. But sometimes it just felt like it. um It dragged a little bit, or it's a little heavy-handed. And the flow of the album as a whole was really hard for me to follow at times because they'd have some of these like really standout pop moments that were really big. And then it, all of a sudden it would switch, and it would get really, really quiet. And like, I'd like some of the songs by themselves, but the, getting a good like ride through the album was I found hard, um, and I'd get c- c- like confused as as I went. Um, but I think broad, broadly, as as um, Sam says, in the context of everything else, this is the most cohesive thing there, and the most uh, I enjoyed going back to an album apart from the sonic youth and so i'd i'd be i have largely positive feelings about it but i would be curious if we had it on a a better playlist whether i i'd feel that way anymore i think it's very subjective
0: my feelings about it. okay um well matt just mentioned phoebe bridges and and yeah that this certainly comes into my notes but I want to start. Just do you remember when the XX came out, and then for a few years afterwards, almost every other album that came out sounded like it was trying to be the XX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But lacked their originality. Yeah. I feel like we're at that stage with Phoebe Bridges. I feel like yeah. so many things are trying to sound like Phoebe Bridges. She's been so influential and so successful. Um, and then so many things are coming out with a very similar sound and using the sort of dark, macabre, sad lyrics that she does alongside the bedroom pop is now becoming. I think, and I think Samia definitely fits into this category of of a Phoebe sort of influenced artist I think Killer, Freak Out, the opening song has that that mix and then the, the song after that, Charm You," um, is yeah. it feels like it's purposely you know, the way it references pop culture um, it's, it feels very Phoebe, almost as if she's like, giving a nod to Phoebe in a way, so I mean I think it's important, my main feeling throughout this album lyrically, I just, lyrically and the sound I couldn't get away from feeling like it's if you just light. Um, but I did like it. Like it's, it is derivative, but I do, I did enjoy listening to it. Um, even if it, I do think it lacks originality and I do think killer freak out is probably the, the standout song. So I, in a way I felt it was a shame that the album started with that. I think it could have been held back. Um, but then I like to me, it was, I think it's a great, simple song, really pretty. And the, and similarly with the title song, um, I think the best parts of this album are when she doesn't try to do too much, actually. I know Sam was talking about, she just try and do different things and sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't for me. And I think the songs that are simpler are better. Um, cause I think there's one song and I can't remember the name of it now, where she uses an awful lot of auto-tune and then the final, um, the final vocal just cuts out suddenly. And while I like the idea of it, it just wasn't executed that well. I think it might've been breathing song. Um, yeah. And then there are songs like Add At Me that for me didn't have the same impact. So in the end, I think the weaker moments hurt the album a little bit because it's such a short album. Um, so the weak moments hold quite a lot of weight. Um, yeah. So like with a lot of artists, um, you know, I liked it. I didn't love it. Not a lot of artists we feature. I'm going to say I, I see an awful lot of potential, but I'd like the next, if I was going to listen to the next album, I'd want to hear it be a bit more unique to them and and, and a bit more consistent. But again, like we've all kind of said, other than the uh, classic, it was the thing I enjoyed going to the most. So, yeah. Um, anyone want to say anything more about Samia? You want to tell us we're wrong, uh, Sam? Well, no, or
1: no? no you've, we're it's, happy. You're, it's all good. Cool. All good. So, all
0: good. Playlist then. Um, what did we think?
1: I never want to listen to it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I am um, that opinion is squared pl- directly at Matt. That is, <laughs> he, he needs to take full
0: responsibility. Yeah, is,
1: I, I at least picked had. the good one that we kind of said was okay. And yeah, I picked no. the classic
0: that saved the playlist. So, so, yeah, so, yeah, Matt. You're um, welcome. my <laughs> playlist saved by a good classic. I would say. What about you, Matt? Yeah. You love it
2: uh middling to low i'd say i think none of nothing was weird enough for me and weird actually, enough
0: did you hear like, the um boy now, from fridge album? yeah
2: apart from from john for yeah. yeah but okay. i i think the weirdest thing i found this playlist is i've got so much work done this month because it's been okay. very it's so Pa- all of it's so passive like all of yeah. it I don't actually want to listen to but it's perfect to d- do other things <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so wow. yeah. none, of it, okay. none of it grabbed my attention at any point really
0: Absolutely. We, we heard you've been failing at work so yeah. well there we go um, I mean I think Matt last time you said the, the playlist was the worst one ever the one before this one so you think this was better
2: I think it was because of Sonic yeah. Youth and
0: I like yeah. Samia enough. Okay, cool. Right, let's move on. Time for me to talk about Daughter. Um. So yeah, that's just something I've really enjoyed about these Why I Love sections. I think the further we get into the podcast, the longer we've been droning on. Um, and somehow people are still listening to us. Um, all the obvious picks, a lot of the obvious picks for my Why I Love have gone. Um, and... I I tend to pick, I've been picking people who I do love and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not lying when I say I love them, but maybe, I maybe haven't listened to them as much recently, that kind of thing. And, and it's doing the playlist and, and talking about them has really helped me reconnect, um, with an artist or a band and remember why I love them. And, um, yeah, putting this daughter playlist and then, and then this daughter playlist together and then listening to it over the last month or so was really that experience. Um, I was really, really into daughter for a while, um, particularly after the debut album, If You Leave. But I mean, that was released back in 2013, so it was 10 years old, which just surprised me when I looked it up this morning. Um, and they haven't released a record since 2017. And even that one wasn't considered as a full official album, which I'll explain later. Um, but yeah, so even though I've got I've got a framed door to poster on my living room wall, um, but I had kind of lost touch with what they meant to me as a band um so yeah i think for those reasons to talk about why i love daughter um it's kind of i need to talk about why how and when i got into them um so yeah when it came when the first album came out in 2013 just as a bit of context it it was a, i was having a pretty hard year um i'd graduated from a masters in in 2012 i'd um, split up with a long-term girlfriend halfway through that year um and after i finished my masters i moved home to my mum's thinking I'd be there for like a month while I looked for work and ended up being there for nearly a year because I was really struggling to get a job um and then I eventually did get a job back in Manchester but when I moved back it it was a very different place for me because everybody I knew had fucked off basically um not not to make you feel guilty Matt you were you you know you were one of them but um but yeah pretty much everybody I knew when I came back had, had left uh, manchester either for jobs to move abroad or to go back home but i think i got into this mindset of i needed to be back here i'm obviously glad now that i did but um but yeah so i ended up in a house share that wasn't that great and then into a flat um that i had on my own um so yeah it was i was in a pretty shitty place i was feeling a bit a bit down and uh, in the middle of that came daughter i kind of discovered them at that point and and their debut album, as I mentioned, is called If You Leave. So there's there's not really any prizes for guessing that it deals a lot in the breakdown of relationships. It deals a lot in loss. It deals a lot in sort of bitter, angry feelings, um, but they don't do it in a really standard way that um, a lot of artists do. Um, they have it through their own lens. Her lyrics are really particular and really sort of unique. Um, And they're really pretty songs Uh, that can't be ignored. Like a lot of this kind of music isn't a lot of music about these kind of things. Isn't always as pretty. Um, But yeah, there's so much spite and hurt in some of the lyrics that really hit home to me back then, like in in the song landfill, there's the, the repeated line of, I want you so much, but I hate your guts. Um, And if you talk about the song still, um, then that gives a really good example of, of what I'm talking about. So yeah, just to wind back a little bit, when that relationship I mentioned ended, we we had to live together for a while while things got sorted and there's some lyrics in still, um, that really kind of were relevant to me at the time, which is is spitting out each other's mouth, but we're still sleeping. Like we're lovers still with feet touching, still with eyes meeting, still with our hands matched, still with hearts beating. So, so yeah, a lot of their lyrics at that time really spoke to me and so much of what daughter sing about, particularly on that album and the EP that were out at the time which are those two songs I just mentioned are from those two, is about that complicated mix of emotions of still really caring for someone and wanting and wanting the best for them, but also being really pissed off that they're gone. And at the time, I felt like that, not only about my relationship, but also towards a lot of friends when I got back, I suppose, yeah, I was missing people. And this album really talks about that. This artist really, this, this band really talks about that. So yeah, I went down a major door to Rabbit Hole. Um, a lot of my weekends were spent with a bottle of wine watching their videos and live shows on, on YouTube. Um, and also the solo, solo work of Elena, the the singer from before then. Um, yeah. And I've included some of her work, her later work on this playlist. That's the most recent release actually that I've included stuff off, but she'd, she'd got a whole host of sort of, I suppose she was like an early YouTuber putting out a lot of videos, um, of just her playing acoustic guitar. So I, I watched a lot of them um, during that period. And, and then luckily by the time they released more music, I was in a much happier place. Um, and even though daughter really weren't in a happier place and was still, um, pretty, you know, pretty somber songs and pretty heavy hitting lyrics on, on, on some of the songs from the second album, I was pleased that I still connected with them in the same way. And, and I suppose the reason why I connect with them other than that year and, and what they provided then is, is pretty obvious. Um, you know a bit like Sam said about Jesse Ware last episode sometimes you just think a band is fucking great and that's enough but yeah like the the indie folk mix is is obviously a big thing for me i love the dramatic layering of the songs i love how they're really good at just a simple acoustic song but then the full band works really beautiful as well the great percussion she's got a stunning voice um interesting poet, poetic dark lyrics and storytelling so yeah they're absolutely the kind of band that you, you guys know I love um, and yeah that stuff around liking them that way is probably what I would have said about them in this why I love section I would have just talked about them musically if if listening to this playlist hadn't triggered the memories at that time as much as it did um, but yeah just to add to that while you know while it sounds like that might have been really dark time and that they might have added to that they didn't um, music was like a coping mechanism and always is a coping mechanism and I think bands like this and seeing them live a few times was like one of the things that really helped um and in terms of their music i find it extremely uplifting at times and and really relaxing others so i wasn't just sat there listening to them and crying um they generally brought me a lot of peace and, and and they were one of the most important bands for me at that time yeah that's mainly what i wanted to say about about why i love them but just to add a bit of context before i finish around around their career um So they've actually got a new album coming out in March, um, which is their first release since 2017. Um, They're actually a band that I thought might not be coming back. I'd kind of waited that long. So it's really exciting to me that they are coming back. Um, But as a band, they've always been really private and quiet. Um, You don't really know what's going on with them. Um, Don't know why they've been away for so long. Uh, uh, Yeah, and the album I mentioned earlier, the one that that came out in um, 2017, the one that isn't actually an album, Actually, the soundtrack to a video game called Life is Strange. I don't know if either of you have played that. Um yeah. yeah. Um so I've only I only included one song on from that, which is Burn It Down. Um, because I wanted to talk a lot about the lyrics today, and that's that's one of the few songs on that that has lyrics, but but other than a couple of songs on the album, it is instrumental. Although Elena Tonner uses her voice. I'd say it's instrumental or more it's that it doesn't have lyrics because she does use her voice as an instrument on an awful lot of the songs. And, and that's a stunningly beautiful LP that they only ever released on vinyl for, um, record store day, which just as a bit of context is now, like I've got it, I bought it on record Sword day and now it goes on Discogs for about 170 quid. So it's always wow. tempting when I get a bit of but then I do love for albums, so yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, as much as I kind of hoped for that to be a full proper album when it was released and was excited when I heard they were coming out for something what I really liked is they were doing something different and they weren't pigeonholing themselves because artists like this can um so yeah I just thought it was an interesting point to see the way their careers progressed it is quite interesting but yeah I mean that's me I've blabbered on for a while now so I'll leave it at that but I, I don't I know Sam. I did a blind taste test on the website for you. Which, if anyone's listening, what, doesn't know what I'm talking about, we kind of sometimes on the website we send each other an album, and then the other person will respond to it after one listen. And I remember you kind of you did like it. You had some things you liked yeah. more or less, but um, but other than that, I don't know what either of you think of the band. So, Sam, do you wanna do you wanna go first? Yeah,
1: yeah. I was I was a big fan of it when you sent it to me and I think I have listened to it a couple of times since then, but I always meant to kind of listen to other things mm-hmm. um, and never got around to it. So I'm, cl- I'm so glad you did this. Um, Cause I, I enjoy pretty much everything on, on this playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think, I think it's the same thing that I picked up last time is that, that it's the scale of everything. Um, mm-hmm. They, they capture this thing of like a song can be very small, but it feels very expansive at other mm. moments, and it it yeah. kind of grows and builds. Um, I think the comparisons to like London Grammar or the XX, I think uh, at that time, which yeah. is like 2013, mm. Th- those years, I, I can see I can see the comparison to them clearly of, as artists that I know very well. Um, so it's it's definitely my kind of thing. This um, I I picked out "Burn It Down" because I liked the kind of aggr- more of not aggressive but like it was more of a kind of very like direct moment vocally yeah. and lyrically um and I, I really enjoyed that um i am still convinced that she's like florence welsh's sister like they sound <laughs> i forgot about they, you saying that no. they sound so similar i'm i'm convinced that they're from like the same part of london They mm. they have to be like they just have the same accent like when they sing um obviously she doesn't like do like the kind of operatic kind of wailing yeah. that Florence does <laughs> but like it when she's singing like the the normal tone I'm like this is the same vo- voice, like she has. It's so it's so similar to me, and I can't get past that at all. Um, and you said that last time. I meant to listen to
0: them side by honestly, side. Honestly, I never did. But I, I just try do and that.
1: listen to like a song that where Florence like is singing just like a, like a lower register. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just the way that they pronounce words. I think that's what makes me think it's an accent thing, not a okay, not a, anything else. But um, I yeah, I've really enjoyed this. I think I think the the contrast of those songs that. Oh, like the solo ones. I think mm. that was a nice like palate cleanser as it goes on. Cause I think obviously it's only from like two, two big main albums you said. Yeah. And, two main albums,
0: um, two EPs and then her solo album. So, so it was yeah. nice
1: to have, have that contrast of kind of like, um, as you went on, cause I think the albums of feel very complete in the sound of them. Um, mm. They have a very particular sound. Um, so yeah. I I really enjoyed it. I mean, thank God for this on this playlist. Um, <laughs> good to. Hear. Good to hear. It was um it was a good time. Nice. And uh, I am excited that they're doing a new album, so I'll I'll, yeah. I'll listen to it this time and try yeah, and get Yeah, comes engaged. out in March.
0: I've not listened to either of the singles yet because you know what I'm like. I don't listen to singles from albums I'm excited about, yeah. but um yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited. And they uh, they should tour. I'm desperate for them to tour.
1: What but... are they like live? Is it is it is it very is it how i'm picturing of like kind of not energetic but like that how do they capture like the scale of it
0: they put on a very good show it's quite um they're not um they don't move a lot um (laughs) so but they they put on a very good show in terms of the sound of it, as you know the layering Mm. and the um you know there's it's clear i think when you see them live um the amount of the amount that they do in terms of, you know, they play different instruments and, and people are yeah, moving between as the instruments. Yeah, like musicians. And, yeah. yeah, they're clearly very talented. And she's she's kind of mesmerizing to watch live. You know, she's just one of those artists who's really, really good at capturing your attention. Like you can, the every time I've seen them, you could hear a pin drop every time they do a quiet moment. Like nobody, no sound, nobody talks. It's that, yeah, so they're, they're a really good live band. I highly recommend um, coming to the tour if, Obviously, you know I'm going to be there if they are touring. They've not announced it yet, um, so I hope they will. Because part of me wonders if something to do with um, the reason they've been away so long. Maybe, maybe that's something that means they won't tour. But um, fingers crossed. Um, I might cry if they don't. Anyway, Matt, <laughs> what did you think?
2: Uh, I I I really enjoyed digging into this. It's really uh, interesting to hear and like. Thanks for sharing like the context of where you dived into this because I can totally see it and see how like vital it must have been because it is so relevant and um yeah yeah I can see how it's like a parallel to some of the hours that I've really had to use to get through difficult times um and I think it's it's this is when I think of music that you would listen to and like, this is like it epitomizes epitomized it so yeah. so much. It has that kind of dark, indie, folky, but there's also like more going on. Is it, mm. like I know you like the more straightforward stuff, but often you there's there's a bit more substance to, to the the stuff that you like. And this this has it in like spades. There's so every song has like some interesting element to it um, or some kind of flourish that seems a bit different. And mm-hmm. you guys talked about the layering and it, the way each song builds and swells and it doesn't feel overblown, but it's still uh, ridiculously expansive. And it's, yeah. it's really impressive. And then yeah, her voice is very affecting and it's just, the, the, the sound and the tone of her voice combined with the music, it's just so melancholic it's mm. hard not to be like carried by it in some way um, for, for me yeah, I, I really, really, really enjoyed having this um, I think my favourite song was No Care okay um, I really liked the the drums it, it was almost, they were so like tight, it sounded like electronic maybe they were electronic, but yeah um, it, it felt like it was a slight shift from some of the other 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 that that felt like the unique dimension for that song and then yeah. obviously y- youth is like a massive pop hit like i i can imagine uh youth being played by someone who's like really in the mainstream and doing like a pop version and it being huge mm-hmm. um but i like it the way it is so i'm glad, I really it's, glad it's like this yeah <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, yeah, this was really, really, really great. And, uh, I did we cover the, I feel like we covered the video game.
0: It was on the, it, I know it was on the podcast. Yeah. I can't remember if it, I feel like it was before you joined them. Um, cause I remember normal telling me that he didn't believe for a second that I would live listen to it again okay. after the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think you were just listening to us at that point. I was before. just listening of the of yeah, the voiceless, I, I, I had to argue. <laughs> with normal that yeah i I will listen to this album again i I really genuinely like it but i think because the um yeah it's worth listening to that album um yeah for me it's you know it's my it's my least favorite of their releases but mainly because it doesn't have all of the things i love about her performance but it is still really interesting and i think i definitely have listened to it a lot since then but it is um you know it is clearly not i understand why they wouldn't call it a complete album um, yeah. But yeah, we did cover it. I think I was the only one who liked it at the time. But um, oh, yeah, I liked it as well. Good, good. <laughs> that Interesting that you picked out um, "No Care" because and 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 how you talked about it as well. Because it is kind of that's the first album. Obviously, was all very much of a sound and was very cohesively like the, you know they. It was that it was intentionally like that. Whereas the second yeah. album did have. Two of the songs that included, I think, "No Care" and um, I don't want—I can't remember the name of it—but the one about um, I don't like living alone and the one that keeps going on about how she should get a dog or a dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that were like rockier, more percussive, and sort of came out of out of nowhere. So I'm I'm interested to see whether that sound is going to have carried through onto the new stuff or or what's going to happen. But yeah, I, I love that song as well. But yeah, nice, cool. Well, thank cool. you both. I'm, I'm I'm glad you both got a lot from it. I was. I, thought, I was pretty sure Sam would really like it. I was less sure about you, Matt, so I'm glad to <laughs> know you did. I don't know why. I thought it might be too sad girl for you, um, hey. but you liked it. So it's good. Right. Cool. Okay. Is that everything? Anything else to say? Should we move on to the next episode? Well, let's move yeah. on. Cool. Cool. So next time we will be joined by a friend of mine and one of the writers on the website, um, Will Collins um so will is gonna come and he'll pick one new release he'll pick the classic and he'll tell us about an artist that he loves um so his recent release is going to be desire i want to turn into you by carolyn polacek the classic he's chosen is guided by voices with b thousand as in b the little bussy thing i don't know why (laughs) um and he's going to be telling us why he loves leonard cohen and I have picked This Is Why by Paramore. Um, what about you two? Who's picked what?
2: Um, I I picked Pigs, 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 <laughs> Pigs, 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 <laughs> uh, with their album Land of the Sleeper. And I'm, I'm hopeful, I'm optimistic.
0: Did you count the amount of pigs you said then, Sam?
2: I did, I used my fingers and everything.
0: Yeah. yeah. Do... Okay. Um,
1: I have picked uh, Good Riddance
0: by Gracie Abrams. Hmm. Okay. I know nothing about her, so that's exciting. Cool. Okay. That's us. Um, Thank you for listening. We'll speak to you next time or speak at you next time. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. And you can also find us... Over on Twitter at Picky Bastards. I should have asked one of you two if you remember the Twitter <laughs> handle yet, then. Um, and you can find a you can find loads more stuff from us and other people on the website at PickyBees.com. Reviews, interviews, all that kind of thing. So head over, check us out. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh.